We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. All right, Matt, we uh, talked about this at the end of last week's episode. This week, we're going to talk about Al appearing on two different game shows. He was on The New Hollywood Squares, which aired in March of 1987. And he was on an episode of Family Double Dare, which I didn't get the exact date, but it looks like it was sometime in 1988, just in time for the even worse release. Yeah. Dude, I forgot how smart (laughs) Weird Al is. And this family, we're going to start with the Hollywood Squares one. Yeah. Never doubt Weird Al. (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone (laughs) wanted to accept any of his answers as right because he was weird out <laughs> i know the the best gimmick that comes back through these clips multiple times is that when al gives an answer and the person disagrees and then gets it wrong by not believing al and al goes into way over the top laughter and he's like you fool <laughs> well my first my first note i i did not realize when i hit play on this because i had found these on youtube as well i was like okay three clips that probably equals one episode of the new Hollywood Squares. I yeah. guess it was like a two or three day run on Hollywood Squares. Yeah, it was hard to track the way someone put this together. It was yeah. hard to keep track of. Yeah. But someone literally just sat down and just made these videos of all of his appearances. Exactly. Yeah. On, so we didn't even have to. I, I couldn't really tell you who was winning or losing really on Hollywood <laughs> Squares. Just that Al was crushing it on the questions. But my very first note before I realized that this was a clip show was, oh, dope, Weird Al and Alf. <laughs> like, oh, I my God. So I mean, you, if there's any sort of a marker for a time <laughs> period in human history, which and I'm a little bit too young to have like, you, you know, I, I feel like I remember seeing Hollywood Squares probably it was in just syndication at that point. But um, or the new Hollywood Squares. But I was too young to like watch this in real time. But still, like, I remember Alf. The idea that Alf is a is a guest on a game show and everyone was just like, yeah, of course it's Alf. Yeah. It's, it, this is like a puppet character who's answering trivia questions on primetime well, television. It was just like the weirdest stuff happening that nobody thought twice. So here's the thing with Alf. I know way too much about Alf. I, I made, <laughs> I made a video for Geekscape. It doesn't totally surprise me, Matt. No, not at all. I made a video for Geekscape uh, with the help of uh, my friend, Robert Bacon. That was literally the, the full history of Alf. It's like a 20-minute video that we've cut together 
of the entire history of this character and his run. And you have to understand that from 1987 until 1990, when Alf was on television, he was the fill-in host for an entire week on Johnny Carson. He was at George Bush's inauguration. <laughs> like, so like, weird. It was this huge... He was like this... But like the crazy thing is that the drop off was so fast. Like it was like yeah. season one and season two, he was like blowing up. And then by season three, it tanked and it kept going so badly that for season four, they were like, if we end season four on a cliffhanger, they can't possibly cancel us. And oh, then man. they did. And so the final did. episode of ALF, I'm not sure if you ever watched the run of ALF. It's actually... No. A very I've seen, well, I've seen episodes of it, but I've never like watched it through. It's shockingly a well-written, funny show from the eighties. It, it it holds up for the most part. But the last episode of Alf is the government tranquilizing him and capturing him, <laughs> with to be continued at the bottom of the screen. And if you watch the first episode of Alf, when the government first comes to the house to like see if they are housing this alien. Uh, they're like, what happens if you catch him? And they're like, oh, well, we'll immediately start to dissect him and and like figure out like what's it. So we are just left to believe at this point that Alf is dead. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's not a good. Yeah, it's a grim fate for Alf. Uh, but yeah, tough. so Alf is here. It's hard to really discuss this one because it's just a clip show. But well, there's one thing I need to talk the about. Questions. There's a we lot of things I need to talk we about. We need to tackle the questions, but I need to discuss something. And I, I hope this is not a controversial take or a, but, and I don't even know the guy's name. Who is the person who is hosting this show? I have no clue. He, but he is, is terrible. He is, dude, I wrote down and I'll just, th- this has without a doubt the most awkward album plug <laughs> I have ever seen on television. He, he holds up Polka Party and he's basically just like, hey, this is your album. And I was like, yeah, it is. He goes, all right. Anyway, here's the question. This, this guy multiple times pronounces his name wrong and says, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. He says to him, he's it's like it's clear that this guy does not know at all. And he says he's like, you do parodies at the beginning. He's doing an intro and he says, like, you take songs like like a surgeon. You made that into what? (laughs) And it cuts to Al and Al has this look on his face of like, what are you talking about? And then finally he's like, oh no. It, and then and then he completely resets it. He's like, oh, Madonna did a song called Like a Virgin and you did. What did you turn it into? Let's check it out. Another fun side note, which we're gonna this applies to Double Dare as well. It's so funny to watch TV from this time period because it was so much less slick. Like yeah, nobody well, edited anything. That's what I was gonna say. I almost believe this legitimately was live. Because, it like, feels it, like it because the number of times people misspeak, correct themselves, go back and re-say something. Like you yeah. think that would be so easy to fix that in an editing room, and they were like, "Forget it, just put yeah. it out. Who cares?" There's, there's more production on, on our podcast. Than we, there oh are my god, we episodes. put more work into this podcast than New Hollywood Squares put into <laughs> introducing Weird Al in the '80s. He. <laughs> I'm laughing even just thinking about it. He, the host says, "Is like Weird Al Yankovic," and he holds up the polka party. Is like, and is it true? Do you play the accordion? Accordion. He the doesn't accordion. say accordion. <laughs> he calls it an accordion. Like, what is happening? I this, could this guy not had wrap my no idea. He um, even in in asking a question, like one of the questions that comes up, he asks about the Greek warrior Archilles or Achilles. <laughs> 
And I, I was like, this question should be invalidated. He doesn't even know the name of the person he's saying. <laughs> they just pulled some guy floored. off the street. The the last segment, Alf is is replacing the host, and he's doing a better job. <laughs> I wrote down, <laughs> Alf is a better host. I wrote it in my notes. Alf is a better host of this show. If New Hollywood Squares came back, reboot New Hollywood Squares for the 2020s, and have Alf as the host. I would watch and it. And I would watch it. So the we got to talk about some of the questions that that Al gets because like some of them feel really pointed and some of them it's just like what are the fucking chances? So literally the first question, the first Al question gets, he gets asked about is her is about hernias, <laughs> <laughs> but also a ridiculous question. It's not even like a hard. It's I mean hilarious that we're like Al is like a hernia expert. Yeah, <laughs> he could have answered really great questions about hernias, but instead they were just like if you have a hernia, should you see a surgeon? And like, he was like, yeah. he was like, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, he didn't even know how to make a joke about the question. He was like, so it was so weird. And, and you know, the guy's like, I agree. It was like, yeah, you should see a doctor. Like, I, I, it's just the, I don't, man, I, I don't, was, I don't know. It was, was bizarre. And then, so the next question, I actually was really impressed because it is not a very detailed question. It's a wrestling question. It was like this this person in the 70s was seen on television in like a pink suit with curly hair or whatever. And I was like, yes. oh, that would be gorgeous, George. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I love wrestling. And I wouldn't have been like, oh, they're clearly asking about gorgeous George. The that wrestler was, with the I, I was impressed with that. That Yeah, that was a deep pull on his like, part. Insane. The one intro, I forgot to mention this. The, uh, we get two or three different openings to Hollywood Squares where they say who is on the board. And one of them, they just go from music satire, Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, yes, and again, the host guy, and he's like, Al, great to have you back. And once again, congratulations on your parodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what a weird thing to say. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I am like, I'm fascinated with this guy. I hope like I'm not being like too mean to this no, guy. No, it's fine. Show, it's but no I was meaner just, than like, Al is to Prince. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> certainly not. You know what? Yeah, I'm, get, I'm going easy on him comparatively. Al has this ongoing bit where every question he's like, well, I majored in blank. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I know that the answer in. is. Like, uh, but the the answer that killed me is they say, Al, in, in criminal slang, what is dip? And he says something that you steal with the potato chips. Yes. And Dixie Carter, who is sitting next to him, loses it like that was apparently the funniest thing dixie carter she ever she flipped out like it was <laughs> yeah she couldn't she never heard anything so funny in all of her life oh my god and he's side just, note I, I have to just the host of the show is john davidson who also went on to host the ten thousand uh, dollar of the hundred thousand dollar pyramid in 1991 which i do remember being on the air from my See, childhood. I only remember the pyramid from watching it on the game show network on Sundays. Oh, really? Like the 70s version of it where I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure he's a, he's, sure he's pro probably a fine fellow, but boy, the, he did not do his research on Al. And so he's on my shit list as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now it, it's, <laughs> it's wild. And then it, it's, this like the the thing that's worth tracking down. All you have to search is Weird Al Hollywood Squares, and you'll get these three like five to six minute yeah. clip shows. Is like twofold. One is how none of these contestants are willing to trust his knowledge on most of these questions. The amount of times that they're just like, 
uh, I think he's wrong. And I disagree. He's always right. He's he, always yeah. right. At least he, in the clip show, I think he was right about every single question yeah, he was he asked. He never, he would make the joke answer real quick and then be like, oh, but seriously, it's, and then yeah. would answer. But also just how quick he is. Yeah. Like he just would like, like they asked him a question about vitamins and he just immediately was like, oh, well, you know, one Barney, one woman, I'm good for the day. Like yeah. he would just like spit out these very quick kind of funny kind of witty lines and you could tell i was watching it and i i love that we don't know about al's sex life i don't ever need to know (laughs) or or want to know i love the fictional version that it was just like him and madonna but there was like a certain point where uh he's asked to play on the accordion and he plays twist and shout and he's doing this over the top performance and he's not even on the bottom square he's at a middle square like jumping up and down and like yes rocking the fuck out on this accordion and i was watching it and i was like this dude like all of these gorgeous women who are on this square are just enamored by him they're yeah. laughing and like i was like this dude's charisma is so fucking strong like it's no wonder that people like you and me would look up to that guy and be like, that's who I want to be. That's like, the guy. Yeah, like, no, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> I even thought to myself, because we've talked before about how like it's unusual for Al to do like just straight covers like yeah. in his set where he doesn't do a parody. We hear him do, it's not the full song, but he does a nice chunk of just twist and shout, just Al alone on the accordion playing twist and shout. Yeah, at one point he changes it to polka party in the lyrics, but like... Otherwise, oh, yeah. he's just straight up covering it. And I wrote down, Matt, you have to steal this tune-up bit that he does right before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> where he, yeah, yeah. Where he, like, plays a chord, <laughs> screams into the mic, plays a chord, yeah, screams into yeah. the Yeah, he's mic. like, I just got to tune it up really quick. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I was like, great. If, if I see you do that on YouTube on a Weta show, I'm going to be like, I know where that came from. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I, I'm, I, I don't have a microphone usually on stage at Weta shows, but we'll get one just so I can scream into it and, and sound check. But the other question that I had to write down is how fucking wild is it? Alf becomes the host and Al's question is who won the first Grammy? That's exactly what I was just going to say. And once again, guys, Domenico Matugno. Like, I hope that someone listening to this show can one day win a contest, a radio call-in thing, whatever it is, because this is, I still think that's a pretty deep piece of trivia. How many people actually know this? And Um, you see his face light up when that question comes. uh, (laughs) Like, he's like, Every answer that they read, he's already shaking his head until they yeah. get to the right one. He knows. And the yeah. person still doubts him. They're like, oh, I don't think that that's Yeah, right. they're like, nah. <laughs> it's like, that's so crazy. It's uh, so crazy. And then the twist and shout thing was about like who was the first group to record that song because it wasn't the Beatles. Yeah, and he it was knows the Isley that, Brothers. of course. Yeah. The Isley Brothers. It, he knew that. They didn't um, trust him on that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was it's crazy. I, it's just, it, it was great to watch. And again, he is such a smart guy. But again, is so goofy in his setup. I think, you know, I'm surprised he wasn't on the show more, actually, because I feel like they would have loved he's the perfect person to have there because he's smart and knows the right answers, but people don't trust him. And so they're getting it wrong constantly because of just the way he delivers those those answers. So I had two more things that I wrote down that I wanted to bring up about this particular appearance. Mm. One is that he gets Alf laughing, too, at a line, because the question is... 
who is sold, according to like these charts, who has sold the most concert tickets? And Al's first response is Jimmy the Scalper. (laughs) (laughs) And like it cuts to the Alf puppet that is like smacking its hand on the table, which is like kind of like the signature Alf move when he's laughing. But it's like that is like you can tell that it is the puppeteer of Alf. Yeah. Just thought that was the funniest answer possible. For sure. And there's a scene. It's we're not going to dive too into it because it definitely walks a, a, a route that we've covered has been well covered territory at this point already. Stuart Panikin gets a really interesting question about uh, the or, or name Pankin. of Pankin. Stuart Pankin. Pankin. That's Stuart it. Pankin gets a question about uh, the name of an Asian Asian person, um, and it blows up into insanity. But what made me laugh? is that he's in the square right next to Al, and as he's trying to answer, Al just keeps sneaking a puppet into his square yes. and like making noises at him, and it's clearly distracting him to be able to like focus on what he's... He literally goes, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Because he's yeah. so distracted. Because Al is, is freaking him out. Yeah, it's a horrible a horrible set of Asian jokes. And funny enough, it's not even Stuart who's making the joke. The, the, the joke is embedded in the question. It's a multiple choice with three over-the-top ridiculous Asian names and again just a a wild thing to to watch now and be like I cannot believe that this was just a thing people did pretty shocking credit for Stewart he has a very quick line in there because one of the names that they read is who you doing oh who you bang who you bang and he said that's none of your business (laughs) none of your business yeah exactly which I'm sure is what they were trying to set him up for something like that yeah Um, and I think that ended up being the right answer (laughs) I think it was. Wait, but I think I think it was. But yeah, it was it was, it was a tough written, little bit. Yeah. And I was like, and oh, I liked, I'm glad Al's only role in this is fucking around is with a puppet. Holding a puppet in his face to distract <laughs> him from the horrible question he's being asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a relief too. I was glad to see that. Another random like side note at the end, because Al's in this footage, but he's not really a part of it. Like at the very end of this uh whole thing, it's this woman who it looks like she's like she's sitting in a car. So I think I remember like what this she is. She can win. Okay, you remember what she, this is? I think I think what it was. I I've never watched Hollywood Squares, but I've seen something similar to this on other shows. I think it was like she got a choice of multiple keys. Uh-huh. And if the key started the car, she got the car. Like oh, she won okay. the chance to win the car if she picked the right key. I assume so that were- it was just the way it was edited, but it was really funny because she's sitting in a car and all of the guests, Al and Alf and everyone are around her. And uh, and they're like, OK, so here you are. You have the chance to win this car. And all of a sudden it just makes that horrible like you lose sound like dirt, 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 dirt. And they're like, oh, you lost. I was like, what if she didn't do anything? She just yeah, I think she tried to turn the lost. key and it didn't start. <laughs> But I just I thought I'm like, wow, what a rigged game show this is. This is crazy. <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end. What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. 
and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. So we watched Hollywood Squares, then we dove into... I was texting so many people about this. Family Double Dare from 1988 i have not watched double dare in a long fucking time um and it was insane how much of this like came back to me as i was watching it like remembering the rules of the game we'll get into this but i need to just say right here al is so smart that they run the board for the entire 22 minutes of this game. I mean, show. he's he's up against Lou Ferrigno, who, who does doesn't not have get a, a chance. single question. He doesn't even get a question asked in his direction. Yeah, it, it is. Show. I mean, the poor guy. And also, just as a quick, you know, side note, like I, I was very hard on. Uh, I would say his name was John, the host of Hollywood Squares, and that's in large part because immediately following that, I get to watch Mark Summers host Double Dare, which is just like such a a huge part of my childhood. He is like yeah. such a great, great host. He had that um, great, he had that great ability to like, he was a game show host, but he had the empathy that was needed to do a game show with kids, with kids, which is exactly. like a hard combination to come by. Um, yeah, absolutely. Keeping it organized, keeping the whole was. thing on track. The whole show is insane. And yeah. another and side they note, would film, I'm not sure if you watched the orange years, the documentary about Nickelodeon, I but did, they would yeah, film yeah. like, seven episodes in a day yeah it's crazy like, it was well, like I an was exhausting gonna, schedule <laughs> i was just gonna say only at the very end of this i'm jumping ahead a little bit but it still applies in his farewell message at the end of the episode he reveals that this was on fox i had no idea oh, that for wow. one year and i looked it up for one season family double dare was on fox as a primetime game show that's insane. And I just they, assumed this was Nickelodeon. It started on Nickelodeon. And yeah. Then fa- and then Family Double Dare, Fox picked up, ran it for one season. It did well. Apparently, they were about to start a second. And they dropped. Uh, uh, okay, so I guess Fox was licensing it from Nickelodeon. It's all mm-hmm. under Viacom, I think. So it was yeah. like just moving things around. Um, and Fox, not that surprisingly, <laughs> wanted in season two to push it in a more adult direction, even though it's family double dare and they wanted to do like an episode. This is why I just read this online. They wanted to do one where it was like playboy swimsuit models teams gotcha. versus each other and stuff like that. And Nickelodeon who owns the rights were like, absolutely not. 
Yeah. And canceled on Fox and took the show back and made it into the family double dare that people our age would have grown up watching in the 90s. Well, because I guess in in Nickelodeon's mind, it's like, all right, you put on Fox, you do the primetime thing. Yeah. At the very least, like you get some extra stuff that you can run in syndication. But it's like if you're going to film stuff with the swimsuit and and like, you know, Playboy Mansion women like you cannot you, you've lost your no, there's your, no you've way lost even the syndication that. value of it yeah exactly exactly so then but that's the reason why out. that's the reason why fox had guest celebrity celebrity guests on the show i don't think nickelodeon ever really did no this. i don't think so either. Um, yeah and it was also apparently because nickelodeon was still in the process of um building what became nickelodeon studios like they didn't have that yet so yeah. putting on a show like this was tough for them because they were such a small operation so it was like all right let fox make the show and then by the time fox took it in what they thought was the wrong direction. They had Nickelodeon studios and they were able to do it their way and they took it back again. But so interesting, the like weird little bit of like political history to this show. And Mark Summers was there the whole time. He was always the guy. It was the same team. It was just a matter of like where they shot it and which network aired it. But yeah, extra weird. Like the show's called Family Double Dare. I don't understand why they thought that they would uh, <laughs> move it in that direction. It, because like Lou Ferrigno and Weird Al feel like it makes sense for like a family game show. Like they're yeah. they're like they're known enough to kids that it's like oh that's fun. It'd be like having Hulk Hogan on there. It's like oh, oh exactly, it's Hulk yeah. Hogan. Like great man. Like I didn't write down as many notes because I was just so invested in. They're just like firing these questions, and Al is just. Literally, the only question they get wrong is because he misunderstood what the question was asking. Exactly. It was a stupid math thing. He totally yeah. knew, and he just he only got the second part. It ended with um, subtracted by the number from as featured in a Beatles song, and he, he said 64 because he knew that they were referencing when I'm 64, yeah, but he it had was, to do another bit. He had to subtract 64. The answer 64 was from, one. It was like yeah. 65 minus 64 to get the answer of one. It, it was, was something like the temperature like that. in yeah. which, like, the temperature in which water boils, like, whatever it was. It was something about oh, a temperature yeah, the, minus the, the, the age that the Beatles wished to reach. Yes. And I was yeah. like 64, and he goes, sorry, you misunderstood. You were subtracting it. The answer would be one. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Side note, another very sweet thing. Al clearly knows all the answers and whispers them to the family and always lets the kid answer. Yeah. He it's, tells the kid and says, say this, and the kid delivers every correct answer. 100%. It is wonderful. I think the only one that he answers instead of the kid is 64, <laughs> like, ironically. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. And I wrote down, I, I finally, it, I kept missing her name. I was like, I've decided that if I was Gina, I would do my best to reach out to Al in like 2023 just to be like, hey, you helped my family win a lot of money on Family Double Dare. Yeah. Because like... How much? I think this was one. Maybe there is one other time that he appeared on the show. Who knows? But like, this is definitely like a once in a lifetime thing for him. Where it's like he would absolutely remember this if you were like, "Hey, I'm Gina. You were on Family Double Dare oh with god, me." Of course, and he probably he like lose his mind. He'd be like, "Oh my god!" and give her a big hug and shit. Of course he would. Of course he would. I loved. I, it's so. I, I I actually took a lot of notes, but I kept pausing just because I loved watching this so much. It was so like. The, the absolute chaos of this show of Al, like one of the first physical challenge that they have to do is he's wearing a colander on his head and they do this really flimsy setup where they're like, so Michael Jackson did beat it and then you did eat it. And now this is going to be wear it. And it was like, all right, guys, that's a nice Great try. Work. Um, and he has to put a colander on his head and they have to throw ingredients for a salad 
onto his head. And I just love they're like, you go in sequence. So first you have to throw lettuce and get the lettuce in. And then after that, you have to throw egg and get the egg in. Then after that, you have to throw onion. And mom goes first with the lettuce and she's throwing lettuce and she gets the lettuce in. And they're like, and Mark is like, all right, you got the lettuce. Now you got to move on to the egg. But mom will not stop throwing lettuce. <laughs> no, she's just, she's just hurling lettuce at Al the whole time. And Mark keeps being like, you're done with the lettuce. You can give up on the lettuce. But she's just kept like so much. She's just flying Now he's just getting direction. pelted with eggs. He's got like raw <laughs> egg running down his face by the yeah. end of it. It's Yeah. Yeah. They weren't great on the physical challenges on that one specifically. And I think no. that, that the very first physical challenge, he has this great line because they introduced Lou Ferrigno first. And Mark Summers asked Lou Ferrigno how big his muscles are. And he says 22 yes. <laughs> inches around. And then they bring out Al and they're like, Al, are you ready for, for the physical challenge? And he goes, yeah, these bad boys are seven inches around. I think I could do this. <laughs> Great line. Great line. Dude, the quickness of this man. The other thing I wrote down about one of the questions is that I am actually embarrassed to say this, but I have not only seen all three head transplants I'm, that are listed Matt, in the I'm question. so glad you mentioned this because as soon as I watched it, I was like, I have to talk to Matt Kelly about the two-headed transplant movie question. Yep. I cannot believe that Al got this right. I knew the answer. I knew this answer and I own two of the three movies. That is, you know, as someone was- who's watched a lot of like B movies and and weird horror like obscure like at least I feel like I have. This was comp- I, none of this I had ever heard of before. So the thing with two heads, the movie that is the correct answer. So the the question was, which of these head transplant movies um, (laughs) was considered by like whatever reviewer to be the absolute worst head transplant movie of all time? Um, And the answer is by like the the, Golden Turkey Awards or something. The Golden Turkey Award, yeah. Yeah. So the thing with two heads, 1972, um, it's noteworthy because it starred a football player, Rosie Greer who was a mm. professional football player uh, for Penn State and then went on to be on the New York Giants uh, and the Los Angeles Rams. But the premise of this ridiculous movie is that there is a mad scientist who also happens <laughs> to be a bigot, and he's trying to find a way to keep himself alive by removing one person's head and transplanting his head on the body. So he enlists like the prison system to send uh, a prisoner for him to do this test for him. Oh my God. Um, And then Rosie Greer is a guy who's wrongfully been convicted. So he agrees to whatever this like Guinea pig thing is so that he can buy more time to prove his innocence. But then it's like straight up that Simpsons episode, the the Treehouse of Horror, yeah. where the scientist gets injured really badly and they have to do the transplant right away, yeah. but they can't finish it without the scientist walking them through it. So instead of doing a full head transplant, they do a they just add his head <laughs> to Rosie Greer's body, and then it's just like wow, him being like, why this body of all but like just being a fucking bigot throughout the whole movie. <laughs> um, What's this movie called again? Give me the, the name. The thing with two heads. The thing with two heads. But I like, just, I just know that when this episode comes out, uh, some friend of mine is going to text me and be like, "You seriously haven't seen the thing with two dude, heads? Are you let kidding me, me?" Show you. I just need to show you a picture because the the special effects on this movie is horrendous. The options are twofold. They either have a wide shot where it is very clear that it is like it's just like Rosie Greer with like a a mannequin head on his shoulder. Or yeah. in the close, or in the close-ups, it's like obviously just 
the two of them just standing side by side oh, in God. an oversized suit. Like it is, it is horrendous. So when I heard those oh, options, man. the the options were the amazing head transplant, Manster <laughs> half man half monster, or the thing with two heads. I own Manster and the thing with two heads, and I've oh, seen the God. amazing head transplant, and I I was like, I know that it has to be the thing with two heads. It is. <laughs> It is garbage. I, I knew <laughs> like, I could count on you, Matt. As soon as that question came up, I was like, this is so incredibly weird and specific. And it's I, I <laughs> the fact that Al knew it was like, of course he knew it. Like this guy is like the, uh, uh, just an absorber of like left field pop culture stuff. Like that's just like his entire world. But I was really impressed. Like I feel like they talked about that one for a good few seconds. It took him a then, bit. It took him a bit. <laughs> and then he got there. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, his... His continuous knowledge, I almost throughout, I was like, I would be so annoyed <laughs> if I was on Lou Ferrigno's team. Those poor guys. You did, they did nothing for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, they really just kind of like stood there. Like they got a little bit of money because they failed the salad physical challenge. They so got a hundred dollars. And then Mark was like, we can't send you home with a hundred bucks. So we're just going to bump that up to 500. I'm like, dude, you got a pity $400. They got $500 and three portable CD players. <laughs> uh, I mean, what a wonderful, what a wonderful time capsule moment that is. And I um, love, yeah. I love watching them do. We, another thing that we have to cover eventually, I think it's going to be between even worse and UHF my favorite of this era i've talked about this before al was a contestant on remote control yes the mtv show yes and a few people have written to us and been like you have to do his appearance on remote control and i can only assume that it's because similar to all of these shows there's no way that al doesn't crush it on a tv show about tv shows oh my like, god yeah no that's like, just it's right up his alley it right just seems alley. like borderline unfair. Like, like, yeah. like it's almost like not even a fair game. Um, but they do the final challenge. I love, I, I was having so much nostalgia for how much I love the final challenge. The line that killed me just because Al is the king of delivering absurdity is after the whole thing, he goes up to Al who's still laying on the ground after this giant like quicksand challenge. And he goes... <laughs> All right, Al, how do you feel? You just helped this family go home with $2,000 or like whatever the prize is. And he just goes, yeah. I feel like a human hamster, Mark. <laughs> 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 they won, uh, I think it was like $2,500, uh, a Chevy Blazer and a vacation to St. Thomas. Uh, there's another great visual there where they show like you can watch a portable video player, <laughs> which is a VCR with a five inch screen attached to it. It looks enormous. I mean, and, and it is the tiniest little. I remember those things existing. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the prizes. And <laughs> another funny, because I just get cracked up by the prizes in these things. You won a set of bicycles. Yep. That they just said was made by the Bicycle Corporation of America. <laughs> Which well, you don't remember like, the BCA? Honestly, the way that they said it, I was like, they're like, uh, three, a set of bicycles for riding around at courtesy of the Bicycle Corporation of America. Every, I was like, this, that sounds like a Mr. Show joke. Yeah. Oh, it. I mean, again, it was so I, absurd and so ridiculous. I cannot wait for us to eventually cover the episode of Remote Control because I haven't seen that episode yet, but I've watched a lot of episodes of Remote, Remote Control on YouTube. Yeah. Again, researching for for a Geekscape video, um, and 
I didn't have to watch as many episodes as I did. I just wanted to. Like, yeah. we were doing like it was um the li- it, and it's a good list. I'm actually this is one of my favorite videos that we did. So, uh, and it didn't get nearly enough views. So, if you're listening to this episode and you want like ten minutes of what I consider to be some of my best work, uh, look <laughs> up Geekscape TV. And the video is the top ten things MTV gave us that had nothing to do with music, and Remote Control <laughs> was on that list, and. I had heard about remote control. I'd heard like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, it's part of Viacom. In a lot of ways, it was the predecessor to like what became the Nickelodeon game show, but it was like right. a little bit edgier because it was on MTV. And someone has uploaded like at least 60 episodes of this show. Oh, that's awesome. So like it became as I was writing the script after I'd like written it, I'd made the top 10 list. And I had to sit there and write like this six page script for my friend, AJ, uh, who was on the AJ, who was on the podcast, who did uh, one oh, more yeah. minute, did the voiceover for it. Yeah. Um, so I was writing out the script for him to record and I just needed background noise. So I just kept putting on episodes of remote control one after another. And I was like, I've texted Jonathan before. If if I have even remote success, if Geekscape <laughs> makes any break in pop culture, one of my number one things is to go to MTV and be like, let us reboot Remote Control. Like, yeah. it is such a perfect Absolutely. game show. Uh, but on that show, it's like the prizes are just like, your choice of 20 CDs from Virgin Records, a I, I, telescope. I mean, it's like, amazing how much it's changed. You know, I've... <laughs> I watch it, it, it. It's funny, Matt. I don't think we've ever talked about this before, but I know that you also watch the Great British Bake Off. Yes, and it's it's become so American that game shows have insane prizes. Yeah, that they just get a serving dish get, if they win. And, but yeah, <laughs> the, like they literally win a plate. <laughs> the Great British Bake Off that is the prize. And back here, I mean, even this is more like it's it's interesting to be like it's just very American, I guess, is the idea of like mega cash and prizes yeah. are the are the things you win on a game show. But well, we're we're recording this the day before the finale of the current season of The Circle comes mm. out, and that prize is a hundred thousand dollars. It's it's crazy like, how much people can win. Like it, it really, it, it completely changes the show. Like, and honestly, I really feel like it's a part of what makes the Great British Bake Off a much more wholesome show. Yeah, is that these people are not like sabotaging, turning each other's ovens off. No, so it's they just can the love of the million game. dollars or pounds at the end the, of it. The most emotional moment I've ever seen on the Great British Baking Show, and I use it as the example to to tell people why it is so different than any American game show that you've ever seen, Yeah, was, I want to say it was two years ago, and I'm sure you'll remember this because everyone talked about this. There was a fly in the tent, mm-hmm. and a woman was walking up to place her cake down, and the fly came towards her cake, and as she went to swat it, Another baker was walking up behind her and she didn't see him and knocked his cake over. Yep. And then she won the challenge and started crying, saying that she didn't deserve to be named the winner because she had tampered with another contestant's cake that could have possibly beaten hers. Like, like that is like you would never see like if anything, they would intentionally do that on an American show. No, an American version, people would be tripping each other walking (laughs) down the aisles to present their to present their showstoppers. Um, no, it's, it's, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I love going back. And again, not to say this, these people did win a car. Yeah. So this was a big prize, especially at that time period. But, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, the idea of the game show where you win bicycles, courtesy of the Bicycle Corporation of America, uh, is uh, something about that just makes the whole thing a lot more wholesome and less like, it's not like if we don't win this show, we're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to win this to survive. 
um, has it, it, so many things now have the stakes are too high. They're too They're it's, too, it's high. too intense. But yeah. well, well, we talked about some game shows. We'll talk about more game shows in the future. We're I have almost, one more. Oh, before, before we wrap it up, I have one more. Uh, th- well, first of all, I, I wanted to point out I loved that there's actually a question about the monkeys. That's right. And he show. goes, I toured with them. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted to know which monkey's daughter is currently on General Hospital. And Al immediately knows. And Mark is like, oh, you know the monkeys. He's like, I just finished touring with them, which we <laughs> talked about. He opted to tour opening for the monkeys. For Polka Party instead of doing polka a Polka Party, party tour. Exactly, exactly. And I loved that. I loved that that was in there, something we've talked about before. Um, and uh, just another like really funny observation that I loved is at the very end. So they win. They make it through the full obstacle course. In my memory of watching Family Double Dare. That didn't happen remember, often. It's yeah. hard, hard to win. Um, it's a lot. I mean, they did a really good job. And even still, they only had a couple seconds left at the very end there. But they win and they fall to the ground. The whole family, this family of three plus Al and that family, especially the mom, like will not stop hugging Al. <laughs> like they're like rolling around on this like like gooey pizza thing whatever it is that they had to crawl through and they're just like like squeezing him so close and it was like very it felt very wholesome and also like right on the borderline <laughs> potentially being like inappropriate because like they just keep grabbing him like I, I was just one of those funny things I was like wow this is this is interesting I don't know if this is going to be a very weird comment but I don't know if it was just the way they were shot both families, I was positive the mother was a daughter. <laughs> like they it, just it, looked, it, yeah. They look so tiny and young <laughs> in yeah. comparison to the rest of the family that I was they like, they really did. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a single father with his two daughters from both teams. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's the mom. Uh, yeah, that's like, the mom. That's the mom. <laughs> there was also, I, I was pointing out again about like how the television has changed. I love the fact, I feel like nowadays with reality TV becoming as big as it is, I guess you still get this on game shows every once in a while. I love how awkward and regular all these people are. Yes. Like they are so like the the dad, there's a moment where they're setting up for the uh, obstacle course at the end. And Mark Summers goes to the dad and he's like, he's like, you should be able to do this. You look like you're in terrific shape. And the dad so deadpan just goes, correct. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I'm like, going to throw this call out there. Yeah. Gina or your mom and dad, if any of you happen to find this episode and are listening to it weird algorithm podcast at gmail.com we would love to talk to you about oh your experience oh my god yes please if, if, if we can get in touch with the people who were on this show oh my god yes would love I would love, love, love to know what this was like to film this specific episode with al as your guest teammate so it, uh, that would be an incredible <laughs> and then i have one other before we wrap up this episode because i know we're about to um this is super random but i just i was debating whether or not i was going to bring it up and i just decided i will at the end of the hollywood squares just go back for a moment yeah. where they were scrolling the credits at the end of the episode and i just noticed that one of the music credits it's uh, one of the credits it said music composed by stormy sax <laughs> and i saw this name and i was like stormy sax what what is this is this like a person is this a band and I did a deep dive on Stormy Sax. And are you a Stormy <laughs> Sax fan now? He's a he's a guy. He did music for a handful of game shows and now he teaches at uh I think it's either university or maybe even like a charter school in Los Angeles and he puts on like productions like he recently like was the musical director of a production of In the Heights. Um and he wow. gives voice lessons. 
on his website, which is stormymusic.com. Of course it is. Um, and what, he what, has, other, what, what other URL and, would he buy? And he has a SoundCloud <laughs> with music that he has composed and worked on. And I found it. And when I tell you, if you go to his SoundCloud and you find him there, most of the music has one play, and that's oh, me. No. Oh, no. Stormy That's Sachs. me looking up Stormy Sax's resume at this point. But having said that, it was pretty fun. And I feel like <laughs> the right person grabbed Stormy Sachs' music, and you could easily take it and turn it into like the dopest like modern vaporwave track. Like Slow it down, add some reverb. You're going to have a, a hit. I love so, that. <laughs> so I don't know why. And I, I was doing all this last night while I was watching these things. And then I suddenly had a thought to myself. I was like, why do I think anyone is going to care about this <laughs> on this show? Like in my mind, I was like, I'm doing great research for the Weird Al podcast. And then I realized I'm like, this is nothing to do with anything. No, no, we have to pause. You can't say that because, because <laughs> if we've learned anything, our audience does care about this stuff. And that's why I decided to say it. That's why, because I thought to myself, I'm like, I have, I've gone down a rabbit hole for no reason here, but you know what? I don't feel that way. I'm glad that we talked about it and I am going to encourage people to check out Stormy Sachs, the composer of the theme to the new Hollywood squares, among other things. I think he's in LA. He's still active as a teacher. And I just want to say thank you for your service to Stormy. Uh, I think he does great work, and I just, you know, I want to give him some recognition. Yeah, listen, our audience cares. We got one more episode before we dive into even worse. And, you know, last week we talked about how much of a bizarre artifact the Weird Al's Guide to the Grammys was, but boy, howdy, was there one more weirder waiting for us. I cannot wait to talk about this. I'm freaking out. For next week's episode. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 